Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Nobody Asked for This Podcast. Now, this is uh, a somber, a somber episode because, well, it happened. As I'm sure all of our, you know, valued, repeat, returning, regular listeners know, we have um, quite heavily detailed um, someone very important to history, See episode two, uh, royally convicted. But yes, uh, mere hours after I put down my very high-tech recording equipment, Queen Lizzie Liz, in the flesh, uh, essentially left the flesh. Um, she, she passed. She died. I don't know how else to put it. Now, we got an alert Thursday. I want to say... Thursday morning, like maybe at nine, that she was on medical evaluation. And I thought, well, no shit. She's like 9,000 years old. I think she was like 94. They should always be on medical evaluation at that age, you know. Um, but they, they didn't really, they didn't say like it was, it was the end, but it felt like it was the end. I just felt it in my gut and my, you know, like my gut flora. I was like, something, something is off because it felt very rushed. Looking back as a you know royal analyst, I think what happened is I I think, I think she honestly could have been dead when they told us that she was you know under medical supervision, but then didn't want the out of nowhere notification of she's dead. So I think they wanted to give us like an hour or two to like collect ourselves, maybe brew some tea, um, make those little cucumber sandwiches that they make you eat, or I guess not make you eat, but like you know encourage one to eat at a high tea as I take a sip of my coffee. Um, but yeah, she, she's gone. And, uh, I mean, 94, pretty good. And and I just have to say, as, as we always say when discussing, the, and again, I, I'm going to keep saying we, I don't know why, and it's just me. But as we said in episode two, um, talking about the queen is not an endorsement. Um, it's not an endorsement deal. I know um, she she's done some things, and the monarch Chi, to pronounce it as it's spelled, um, is you know not the greatest. So this is not an endorsement. It's just um, acknowledging that you know this historical thing happened. And I, if I if I do say so myself, you know I had thought about it before. What happens when she dies? And it kind of like like didn't affect much. Like I, I thought it would be almost a, a bigger deal than it was. Like no offense to her. And again, I, like, you know, as much as, you know, we can make light of it, it, it is sad, you know, rest in peace, truly. But um, having said that, like, I think you realize how much of an impact someone has on your life once they're gone, or even a thing, like, it doesn't have to be a person. You realize stuff, you know, the importance of it when it's gone. And I have to say, I don't think she had that much of an impact on my life because um, she's gone and it doesn't feel much different. I think our, unfortunately, the biggest impact is our, in Canada, our $20 bill is about to get, you know, uh, a facelift, a different face. And that is in the form of Queenship III, who, of course, the Queen's son will, who will be taking over, um, the throne. I have to, you have to wonder, like, when he got the phone call, like, you know, she, she's kicking the can. It's he like, oh shoot, I have to start work tomorrow. Like, I got a new job tomorrow. Or, I mean, I'm sh- obviously he's sad, but, like, that's kind of messed up. They should give you, like, a week. Because literally in the death announcement of 
which I thought it was so funny. They tweeted that she had died, like the official, like I guess Buckingham Palace, Royal Palace, whatever the heck. They have like a Twitter account, which is so funny and definitely not how they announced the last monarch dying, which I mean, just goes to show how much has changed since there's been a change. I don't know that there's a person on earth. Well, no, I'm sure there is, but there's not many people who remember her becoming president or whatever, the monarch, whatever it's called, you know? Because that's like 70 years. So it's like you're either, you'd have to be like, well, I guess if you're like 78, maybe, like you were eight years old when it happened. Either way, it's been quite a long time since this has happened. Um, and in the in the tweet, like I was saying before, they like announced Charles as, as king. So here's the thing. I've only, and as many people have, people even a lot older than me, have only known there to be a queen. So um, I'm not really going to um, switch to calling him king. So I'm, we're just going to say queen. Um, and I think Charles, Char, wasn't Charlie? Charles? It sounds a bit long, so we're going to shorten it to Chip. And I heard that he was the third. So um, from from this moment on, we're going to coronate him as uh, Queen Chip the Third, at least in the the world, of, the the kingdom of nobody asked for this. Because again, poor guy, like had to start a new job at freaking seventy five years old or whatever how old he is. Like, I mean, do you think he do you think he wanted it or is he like this is terrible, the worst thing that happened? Obviously, again keeping in mind the fact that um, his mother had to die for him to get this. So it's like nepotism, but like nepotism to the death, you know? Do you think he woke up like, it's coronation day? Or like like in Frozen, when she's like running around the house? I guess we'll never know. But something we do have in common, as I saw a picture of his fingers, and I, I believe I've talked about this before on the on the podcast, maybe like a few episodes ago, how... Um, randomly this year, my fingers decided that they were going to, you know, swell up from time to time. Uh, I think it was probably more of an act of, you know, trying to keep me humble. Like I had too much going on for me. So like in an effort to, you know, balance things out, I needed some sort of like, you know, humbling, which I definitely got. But Queen Chip Third has the same fingers, like his fingers look like how my fingers look like. So I either I have some sort of like royal bloodline that we have the same thing or we caught the same bug or that's my future i don't know i just thought it was interesting to note um so with that said uh you know we normally don't talk about kind of news current events things um on this on this show but you know we had to kind of close out the story of her majesty i believe in again the episode second episode royally what clogged or what was it called royally um what is that convicted royally convicted i believe i predicted that she was going to live to like 100 and something unfortunately um for her and me i was wrong uh but you know what you gonna do it it happens i'm not the long island medium (gasps) wait no uh chip and and the kids need to go on the long island medium that's perfect. Okay, anyone who doesn't know, Long Island Medium, uh, this woman who has a TLC show about how she um, like speaks to dead people. Like she'll literally be in the supermarket, like going down like the chip aisle, and she'll be like, <gasps> and she'll be like with a friend or with her family who's like, oh god, here we go again, and she walks up to some like random like in the deli lineup to get sausages, 
and they'll be like, do you have a mom who's passed? And they're like, uh, yeah. And she's like, did she wear a toe ring on her left finger every Saturday from two to three um, for the years 1998 to 1996? And they're like, yeah. And then she starts like communicating and she, I guess medium, meaning like she is the medium to mediate. Anyway, I don't know. That needs to happen. She needs to give a free reading to one of the royal members. Honestly, even like a like a staff member that you know Lizzie Liz particularly enjoyed. She might come through for them. Um, if her people are not calling the Buckingham Palace, going up to those gates, banging on the door, then she needs to fire them and hire new people. The Long Island Medium does because that is probably one of the best ideas I've ever had, and like. Not only a good idea, but like so obvious, yet so not. So we're going to see if, if, if that happens. I'm going to say no, but hopefully. So moving on from royal death, um, I'm sure as everyone has been waiting for, my topic for this week, as announced in the last episode, the idea came to me mid-episode, was I was going to present some Antarctica facts. And for a second, I thought... The, you know, the death that we've all gone through would push that to, to the following week. But no, I think Lizzie would want to uh, me, want me to continue. And I will confirm that when I go on Long Island Medium with Prince Harry and the other one. Um, and I'll ask her, you know, I'll ask the Long Island Medium to mediate that response to me. But I'm pretty sure she'd want me to continue. So I will continue. I went on my laptop, I went on Wikipedia, all those old websites that I would use to do my school projects in elementary school. And I just have to say, wasn't it great when you got to do like a PowerPoint presentation in specifically elementary school because they didn't make you cite your sources? Like you could literally just like find something on Wikipedia, find something on like facts.com or like WikiHow. And you could just write it down in your in your PowerPoint, and no one asked you to confirm. No one asked you to, um, you know, cite whoever wrote it. Like you could just say it, and that's so much easier. Because in university, I always found that the hardest part was the bibliography. If I'm being honest, half the time, I would make up my own facts, and then quote sources that agreed with me, and I would call that a research essay. I could understand how someone would say that's not a research essay. That's more of like a persuasive speech. But as long as I found something that agreed with me, I was good. Now, I can't guarantee that I didn't take stuff out of context to get it to agree with me. I might have done that, but I'm scared if I talk anymore, I might get myself in trouble. So I always handed in a bibliography and I always I would always put it through um, Grammarly free trial where it wouldn't tell you what you did wrong, it would just tell you that there was stuff wrong, but I wasn't gonna pay for it. And then I would also put it through like plagiarism dot whatever, which is so, it was evil for the teachers because there was some, there was a website where you could go to submit your, your essays and not every, most teachers didn't make you do this, but some did, where you would have to submit your papers to this website that would check for plagiarism and then give you a percentage score about how much that you plagiarized. But once you sit, like you, it, you would only get that number once you'd hit submit. So like, even if you accidentally did plagiarism, which thankfully I never accidentally plagiarized or purposely plagiarized, I was like, 
a nut about that. I would sit there and read my essay six times. I would cite like the word the just to make sure that like we were all good. I oversighted probably. Not an oversight, like I missed something, like I, I excessively cited. But yeah, that was it was evil. Anytime I saw that website on the syllabus, I would try and my best to switch out of the class and like jump ship because I was not for that. It scared me. But my point being, I really enjoyed not having to cite for this presentation, the Antarctica presentation that I'm about to give to you. So I can't remember what brought up this question, but I was speaking about something last week and I just thought like, hmm, Antarctica, I feel like that's not very explored. You know, in in the age of everything gets a Netflix documentary, everything gets a National Geographic full spread, everybody, you know, sees a, a picture of what everyone's eating. Like, we're really not asking questions about an, a gigantic continent that is just existing below pretty much all of us. And I think maybe that's what it is, like, because we don't really have to come into contact with it. Like, no one's ever flying over Antarctica. No one's ever like, oh, I have a layover. Oh, where's your layover? Antarctica, you know? So I just thought, like, maybe a market that I could um, infiltrate would be the uh, Antarctica curious people market. Because, listen, I could, I could, you know, do TV recap. I could do book recap. I could do, um, you know, Old Navy uh, reviews, Trader Joe reviews. But really, that's all really being taken care of. So I was thinking, like, what can I do? that no one else is doing. And I really think the answer to that is Antarctica review. So here it goes. I I just, I had some basic questions going into this. I feel like I should get some like, like, um, true crime podcast music, like boom, 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 Antarctica. Once the, I went into my Patrick Starr impression. This is Patrick. I was wondering about Antarctica. It is way below the bikini bottom. I'll stop that because it's going to give everyone migraines. But what I was really curious about is, does Antarctica have people? That was like number one, everything else, like every other question could be answered yes or no, maybe based on does Antarctica have people? I have the answer and I will reveal it when we come back. Stay with us. Just kidding. Um, But... No. Yes and no. Do they have permanent residents? No. There's no citizens of Antarctica. There's no one that seeks primary employment on Antarctica. But there are people that live there for shorter periods of time. And it's mostly scientists. It's like people that are trying to discover um, a lot about like climate stuff because there's a lot of... Um, because Antarctica is such an, an extreme climate, you can see the effects of of climate change a lot sooner there. Um, you know, obviously we hear a lot about like the melting of the ice caps. So all of that has to be done by people who need to stay there long enough to get that, that data. So there are usually people on Antarctica, but they're not like inhabitants, so to speak. There are apparently like shelters for these research researchers. So that's fun. I would love to go there. And speaking of, you actually can go there. There are cruises that go through Antarctica. Obviously not like the princess cruise, but there are like, you can sign up to, to go on a cruise like through Antarctica, but it has to usually be a cruise because since there are no residents of Antarctica, there are no businesses in Antarctica. So you kind of have to bring 
a floating hotel, a floating restaurant, a floating, you know, even bed, or else you're not really going to survive. So I guess, like, even the, the researchers, they must bring, like, space food. Like, remember in elementary school when you were learning about space and, like, you'd get to try, like, the astronaut ice cream and it was just, like, freeze-dried stuff that tasted disgusting? I guess they must eat a lot of that because unless you're on, like, one of these cruises... You're not really eating because there's no McDonald's. There's no hotels. There's no um, Outback Steakhouse. Nothing. Which sounds terrible. But again, speaking of tapping into untapped markets, maybe we could get, like, we could pay the McDonald's franchise fee, open up in Antarctica. Because I'm sure the researchers, the scientists, the smart people there, you know, measuring the ice caps, like, who doesn't want a Frappuccino? Who doesn't want a hash brown? You know what I'm saying? Like, let's provide for them. They're providing for us. They're going to try and stop the actual globe from combusting. Why can't you do that and eat an Egg McMuffin? Why? I think I said Frappuccino, and I believe that... Or I know that that is Starbucks and not McDonald's, but you get my point. It, it's something to think about. Something else I was really curious about was, is Antarctica... Like, is there a government in Antarctica? Is there a, a president of Antarctica? Is there a queen of Antarctica? Um, and the answer is no, because there's no people. They don't really have anything to govern. So there's no, like, real government. There is an organization or, like, some sort of union thing um, that has been decided and declared as the technical, like, rulers over Antarctica. But it's not a single person. It's more of, like, a committee that would make decisions based on, the you know, the the needs of the continent at whatever time. But then I was thinking, like, okay, let's pretend... There's a, you know, a researcher there that's been there for like months. It, it's similar to my, alone, the show that I've talked about before on National Geographic, where they send people into the wilderness with a camera and say, if you can last 30 days, you'll be a millionaire. It's similar to that. So let's say you're a scientist, you got numbers in your head, and they're like, you need to go there and you need to stop, essentially stop climate change from happening. No pressure. Have fun with the, with the penguins and the, and the polar bears which sounds so fun to be surrounded by penguins and polar bears. I don't know that that's actually how it is in everywhere on Antarctica, but those species do exist there, I've come to find out. But let's say you've been in Antarctica for like two months, alone, talking to igloos. And then someone else, another researcher comes, and you have to share a hut. You're sharing a hut with essentially a stranger in like below negative 50 weather in Fahrenheit and Celsius. It's probably negative 50. I don't actually know. You'd think I would have Googled that like first, like how cold is it? But I didn't, I didn't at all. Um, and let's say, you know, because of the circumstances, you're freezing, you're doing math all day. You and the uh, re other researcher get a little bit irritable. What if one of you decides to, you know, um, unalive the other person what happens then because if there's not really like a government there's no there's no like a courthouse i'd assume like another country because apparently there are countries that like have claimed regions of antarctica so maybe you would be tried in that region but like who would like even investigate who would know that's actually kind of scary remind me to never get murdered in antarctica yikes Actually, I will say this, because there are cruises, I didn't look into how expensive they are because I know it's probably like 
sky high, those prices. But if I can ever get there, I promise I will bring my, my phone. Here's the, the good thing about um, doing low-budget recording is if it's just my phone, I can really record from anywhere. So if I ever find myself in an Antarctica cruise, I will pull up my phone, hit record, and we will do a live episode from Antarctica. I hope to get some of the penguins involved, the polar bears. We can ask the researchers how it's going, if they've murdered each other yet, if they've tried, if they've heard about any murders. We need to get someone who's been on Antarctica as a guest. Or maybe, more realistically, I could get clips of another podcast who's had someone from Antarctica on and just pretend to talk to them and then play their responses, except they're not talking to me, they're talking to the actual interviewer. But as long as a few enough people listen to this, I could fool three people into thinking that I had an actual guest. And wouldn't that be exciting? Actually, do you know what is exciting? This is, I think, the first time that I couldn't tell you what episode number this is. I, th- I think it's either 13 or 14, but I'm not 100% sure. And I think that means I'm successful. I'm like 92% sure that's what that means. Because if you ask like an actual podcast person, I'm sure they can't tell you like, oh yeah, I'm on episode number 302. You know, so I mean, I'm, I'm getting up there. We're getting, the nobody asked for this podcast is like about to go to high school. If it's like 14 is like 14 years old. We're like high middle school, at least like upper middle. Oh, I also, I have a PSA. Um, if you're ever going to drop something, like if you plan on making a mess, I'm here to tell you from personal experience do it outside as opposed to in, because I dropped two things today. One inside, one outside. The one inside, it was like a, like a bottle of Windex, obviously hit the ground, opened, and there's Windex everywhere. And the ground had never been cleaner, but at what cost, you know? Now, the one outside, I dropped like a, a fountain pop, like a soda. That dropped, spilt everywhere. I was like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And then I realized, hey, this we're outside. This was just dry. So I just kind of kicked the ice cubes to the curb. It was pretty bad. I don't, I will know. I actually know. I do know how it dropped. I was, it was like, I needed a better grip on the, on the bottle thing. I was trying to find a way to readjust my uh, grip, but I had to do it in a lazy way because it's me. So instead of taking my second hand and like holding it over, you know, maybe switching it back and forth, I just thought, hmm, I'm going to like kind of like lightly, mildly chuck my pop into the air and then catch it again and it'll be caught with a better grip and then we'll be good to go. I can keep going on my walk. That didn't happen. The whole thing hit the ground. It was plastic. It cracked. Don't, ooh, I was just talking about climate change. I, I didn't mean to get a plastic cup. It just kind of happened. Um, the plastic cup hit the ground, allegedly, Broke open, splattered everywhere. It was a, it was a mess. It was gone. It was a lost cause. Um, but I didn't have to like get a towel. I didn't have to get a mop. It dried like before I walked away from it. So really, I mean, I'm a big advocate for for not littering, not littering. Pick up what needs to be picked up. But I mean, it was it was next to a patch a patch of grass. I could kind of like, you know, 
let it go into the grass. I don't know if um, uh, like pop is, is best for the... It, I'm just going to pretend it was water. I watered the, the lawn for the neighborhood. You're welcome. I'm a neighborhood hero. Pretty much put me on neighborhood watch. Um, and it was... It wasn't, it wasn't as bad. So drop stuff outside. Have I run out of things to talk about on this podcast? Maybe. Maybe. Actually, no. I do have a, a very important life update. So the other night, I was going to bed. I plugged in my phone, unsuspecting. You know, not knowing what was going to happen. What was going to greet me when I woke. You know, I woke up. was like, why do I have to do this? I turn over, I look at my phone, and I think, hmm, the numbers are a little bit different. Like, the font is a bit different. And then I look, and I'm like, hmm, why is my, are all my notifications on the bottom? And I thought my phone had glitched. So I reset it. Same problem. I'm like, this looks nothing like it used to. Um, and I opened my phone, and I look. Everything's kind of a little askew, but still familiar, like not completely different. And I realized that my phone had auto-updated. Uh, which is basically the worst thing that could happen to you. Um, not the, maybe the top 50 worst things that could happen to you because my phone is how you would say old, mature, you know, not necessarily 94 years old, but not 23. It's, it's old, especially for Apple years. It basically, if your phone is more than one year old, the second they announce a new iPhone, your phone will start glitching. Your phone will stop working. I had a phone at one point that couldn't text, couldn't take pictures, like could barely call. Um, and you really just have to wait them out. That is, the, that is the courtesy that Apple gives you. They say, listen, we will unleash viruses on your phone from the month of September to November. But if you wait for December, we'll give you a break, you know, till September of the following year when the next phone will come out. So my phone has been a bit glitchy because Apple decided that it needed to update. And I think that it needed to update so that the virus could be unleashed. So there's no way to undo it. I think I need to like quarantine my phone again, probably for the three months till December when it'll, you know, come out of quarantine and, and we'll work fine. Um, so really, you know, uh, it'll be, we'll be struggle busing through this time. I actually thought about getting a flip phone. I've wanted to do that for a while, but I just, you know, it, it just... You know, I have everything on my phone. I have my games. I have my email because, you know, everyone's really emailing me. How would I record? How would I do this podcast? People would be lost without me if I had a flip phone. So really, yeah, actually, yeah, it's your fault, listener. It's your fault. You are forcing me to have a non-flip phone. You're forcing me to have a virus thing. Actually, I'm actually kind of a little bit glad that my phone updated because I thought that I had updated um, a couple months ago when they told us that there was some virus going around on the phone, not like COVID virus going around, like actual like computer virus going around and that we needed to update it immediately or else some hackers would be able to like hack in and steal all our information and stuff. And, I, and I'm, I'm pretty um, lenient with what I, the information I put on my phone, like my credit card is on there, my you know email, my address. Maybe it's not smart to proclaim this information on the internet, but you know what I'm saying. Everything is on my phone. So if there are any hackers who, in the interim of them releasing the update and me not updating, thinking that I had, who got any of information, can you please not use it? Or if you do, can you please not um, like make it so that I'm impacted enough to have to do something about it? Like if it if it benefits you in any way to like know my, you know, my age, what websites I've visited. You can, you can take that. I don't, I don't care. 
Honestly, like if you need my credit card information for anything other than using it, I don't, whatever, you know, do what you got to do. But the second it starts impacting me to the point that I have to put towards the effort to stop your activity, that's when I'm going to get mad. So I, I just hope, like, do you remember a few years ago when that app was really popular where you would uh, put a picture of yourself and then it would turn you old? Like it would, it would show you what you're going to look like when you're 80. And then everybody thought that that was like some sort of surveillance way of stealing your, your face or like another country was like taking the data. That I was fine with. Like you need to take a picture of my face, go for it. Do whatever you want. Just don't let it get back to me. You know what I'm saying? It's like when the teacher would leave the room during the exam and it's almost like you thought that they wanted you to cheat because like the higher the class scores are, the better it looks on them. Like they taught you so well. And it's almost like, just let me not have to deal with this. Or like when you get a speeding ticket and then the, not that I've actually have never, I've never done that. True. I was going to make a joke. I really haven't. You know, I'm 10 and two. We're going 50K all the way. But it's like sometimes I let you off because you know, whoever was doing it, like, just doesn't want to have to go through the paperwork. It's like that. So to all the hackers out there who I'm sure are huge fans of, of the podcast, if there's nobody asked for this podcast, who are at the computer all day, hackers probably really have to do those, like, computer exercises that people release to, like, they put in, like, offices of, like, you know, you stop every half an hour, like, do a lap around, you know, maybe crack those hand wrist things, you know, so you don't get, like, carpal tunnel or whatever the poor hackers probably have carpal tunnel coming out the rear but um my point is hack me smart please if you're if you're gonna hack me smart yeah you got to do it smart that's probably a good message to send anyway um thank you for joining me once again on this episode of the nobody asked for this podcast as i always say you can find us um on our website podcast.nobodyaskforthis.podbean.com. I, I look at the traffic of that website and I don't think anyone's ever gone on it but me, but one of these days they will. Um, you can find us on Instagram, on TikTok. I, I'll be honest, we haven't, we haven't talked in a while. We have to, I have to get back on, on, on the, the TikToks because that's where the kids are, I'm told. We also have a Twitter, we have a Facebook, we have a, um, like I said, a website. You can find us on pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. Apple, Spotify, um, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, um, Alexa. You know, just tell her, hey, play that annoying guy that talks. I assume I'll be the first one that comes on. Um, and yeah, next week I will be maybe in a remote location. I have, I have, I've had an idea for next week's episode. For a few, and I know I say this all the time, but I actually have an idea for next week's episode that I think will be good. It might involve food. It might involve fall. It might involve um, a little ASMR from chewing that I might have to cut out because I, I don't I don't know how popular that will be. Um, but again, I don't really have to worry about being popular because three people listen. So, as I leave you with that anticipation, I thank you for taking the time to listen. Hope you enjoyed. Hope more so than not that you you didn't not enjoy. Like you didn't have to love it. You don't have to love every episode, but like as long as you as long as you never hated an episode, I'll take that as well. Um, you know, long live Queen Chip the Third, Rip Lizzie the Second, and see you in one week. Three, two, one, bye.